Masonic history has had a fair run-in with fires, natural disasters, water damage, and loss of our temples in general. We're going to be talking about Zane, or I'm sorry, we're going to be talking about Amity Lodge number five this evening, Zanesville, Ohio, recently burned down. It's a tragic subject that too many of us have had to deal with throughout the history of our lodges, and even here in the current days we see. we got some excellent guests this evening. They're going to be able to go through the entire history of Amity Lodge, talk about the experience of the fire, what we've learned, and where they're going from here. So all this and more right here on Historical Light. Stick with us. We've got an excellent show for you. Welcome back to the Historical Light Masonic Podcast, dedicated to illuminate our past and bring our Masonic history to light since 2016. Now, enjoy the show. Good evening and welcome back to another episode of Historical Light. Of course, I'm Alex Powers, your host, and we have some excellent guests on this evening. And we're going to be talking about Amity Lodge number five, which many of you have seen, has been all over social media, uh, news platforms, just suffered an amazing fire that burned it to the ground, unfortunately. So we've got an excellent topic around that. Um, but not all of it's going to be bad. We're going to cover the entire history of this lodge, what we know about it, the amazing parts up to this fire, what we've learned from the fire, and where we're going from here. So this evening with us, we have brothers Jason Richards, who's been on this show before, and also brother David Markle from Amity Lodge Number 5. Uh, brothers, if you don't mind, I'll hand over to you for more proper introductions. Uh, brother David, if we could go with you first. Hi, I'm David Merkel. Um two-time past master of Lafayette Lodge number 79, and the Tyler and historian for the Lodge of Amity number five. Brother Jason. And, I, and I'm Jason Richards. I'm a member of Lafayette Lodge number 79 in Zanesville, Ohio. Fantastic. We really appreciate you brothers being here with us this evening. So we typically start these conversations off with a little bit of an icebreaker to get to know you guys a little bit better. Um, Brother David, I'm curious, do you have history in Freemasonry as far as your family goes, or what is it that got you to join Freemasonry in the first place? I'm a Shrine kid. Um, okay. I, was a, I was a patient at Shriners Hospitals for Children in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, I, uh, my uncle um, signed my paperwork for me to get in, and he was present the night that I was installed as Worshipful Master of Lafayette Lodge Number 79 in Zanesville the first time. Fantastic. Brother Jason, how about you? You got family history? Yeah, so I've talked a little bit about this on uh, TMR, but I, I got into Freemasonry first and foremost because I grew up hearing about it from my extended family. And uh, through the help of good friend and, and brother David Merkel, who is master of Lafayette the first time the same year I was master of Acacia, um, I've been able to find probably going on seven or eight of my ancestors who were all members of Lafayette and actually raised wow. in the Masonic, uh, the Zanesville Masonic Center that, that burned down. 
Dang. Okay. So you really got some ties to it. That's fantastic. Yeah. I had no idea. That's a lot of family history for one lodge. Yeah. Good Lord. All right. So Amity Lodge number five, uh, Brother Merkel, tell me a little bit about where this lodge started. Where, where did it come from? What's the history behind it here? So um, the Lodge of Amity number five, which I have to point that out because there are guys watching who are going to cut on me if I don't say it right. Um, it was founded in 1805 by the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania um, to be opened in Zanesville, Ohio. And at that time, the other town was called Springfield. It is now the Putnam Historic District of Zanesville. Um, their charter still states that even the one through Ohio still states that Zanesville has permission to, that Amity has permission to open lodge in either Zanesville or Springfield. They were allowed to open in two, and they picked the name Amity because it means friendship. It was meant to bring both of those towns together. Um, there was a lot of animosity between them. Zanesville proper was all, uh, mostly, um, down south, people who moved into Zanesville. Um, Springfield was a lot of New Englanders. So, um, you know, Putnam has a lot of underground railroad ties. Zanesville did not. Um, so, but Amity was created for that reason. Um, their first worshipful master was uh, most worshipful brother, Lewis Cass. Um, who ended up being Grand Master of Ohio and then was first governor of first territorial governor of Michigan and the first Grand Master of Michigan. Um, then there was Levi Whip Whipple, who was General Putnam's, um, I believe it was his son in law. I'd have to reread it again. And then um, General Isaac Van Horn was the one who asked for the charter. Um, he had been one of the first legislatures in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, and they, they pulled together and, and got the lodge chartered. It took until 1806 for it to be instituted. And uh, General Putnam came up from Marietta to institute the lodge. Um, it met in, at first in a, a tavern in Zanesville. It met at various homes in Springfield. It met at various homes in Zanesville. Yep, there's a tavern. There you go. Um, and then it rented for a very long time the state house in Zanesville. Zanesville was Ohio's second capital, and they rented the, the Senate chambers and met in the Senate chambers until um, it came to a point where they needed someplace else, and they built the Zanesville Academy. And the third floor of the Zanesville Academy was used for um, the Lodge of Amity and the Zanesville Yorkite bodies. Um, it was while they were meeting at the Zanesville Academy that the schism happened and Lafayette Lodge was formed. And then um, in 18, you've got the history open, Jason. What year was the the, the Fourth and Market Temple built? 1858, I think. Yeah. So um, that building still stands. Oddly enough, you you we used to be able to see it through the windows at Amity. Um, oh, really? That close? It's a it's, gorgeous, it's like, beautiful white yeah. brick building. Uh-huh. Um, and the square encompasses still sit on the Market Street side. They do. Um, so cool. I actually heard from a few of the old guys that there may still be trunks and, of paraphernalia left up in the third floor of that building. Um, 
And then in 1902, both lodges were so large and the Yorkite bodies. Hey, there we go. That's it. Fantastic. Um, both lodges were so large in 1902 that, that that building no longer served the purposes. And, uh, they, that's when the corner, that's when they, uh, they broke ground and the cornerstone was set. And in 1903, um, the Lodge of Amity number five, Lafayette Lodge number 79, Zanesville Chapter Royal Archmasons number nine, Zanesville Council Royal and Select Masters number 12, and Cyrene Commandery number 10 opened the new building on St. John's Day. And uh, Amity was the only was the only Masonic body left in the building. Um, it was wow. no longer owned by the lodge. It had been sold in the early 2000s, um, but Amity stayed in as a tenant. Um, had a beautiful two-story Egyptian-themed lodge room um, with a beautiful two-story Egyptian-themed lodge room right above it for the Yorkite bodies. Um, it was, I mean, it was purpose-built. There were doors in the Yorkite body rooms that were used for one part of one degree ever. Um, but it was a, it was built to be the crown jewel of Freemasonry in southeastern Ohio, and until January the sixth, it was. Now, so you mentioned several Masonic bodies, uh, different you know appended bodies that had all met there. Were all those still meeting there and utilizing that building when it burned down, or who, just Amity who was there at that time? Just Amity Am at that just time. Just Amity. Everybody else had moved to the Laser Masonic Temple on North Point Drive. Um, okay. in Zanesville. Um, one night the, uh, York right bodies, I believe it was chapter showed up for their stated meeting. The recorder walks into his office and his ceiling is on his desk. The roof had blown off of the building and the, the previous owners, not the current owners, the previous owners had not replaced the building, had not replaced the roof and they took water damage and ruined a bunch of their stuff. So they voted that night to move out. Wow. Well, that'll do it, <laughs> unfortunately. You know, masonry says something about keeping the records of the lodge safe from inundation and conflagration. And here in the Zanesville Temple, we had both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that means that luckily some of the paraphernalia of the Yorkite bodies were saved. I mean, we're using paraphernalia that was built in the 1820s by Zanesville Chapter. We're still using it. Um so, and, you know, chapter was actually founded by a guy who was past man, past master of Amity and then was a founding member and past master of Lafayette and then founding member and past high priest of Zanesville chapter. So, um, very rich history. Um, but you know, there had throughout the histories of the lodges and the Yorkite bodies, they'd been together and then been apart and then been together and then been apart and then been For together. Sure. Um, and right now, um, they're all still on, they're all under one roof for the first time in a quarter century. It'll be interesting to see where it goes from here and, and, and how that impacts you guys coming back together in that way. Right. Um, and it was, you know, the day after the fire, Lafayette's secretary called Amity's secretary and he said, put in for a dispensation. You guys are coming home. Um, you've got a place to meet. You've got, you know, cause Amity literally had, we have no aprons. We have no jewels, you know, no, nothing. And, uh, 
Lafayette is, you know, very graciously saying, come use our stuff. Right. Um, and, but when Lafayette was founded, Amity allowed us to do that from them. So it took us almost 200 years, but we're repaying it. So we're talking a little bit about the, the amount of loss there and, and, for a lot of people that's tuning in this evening, I'm sure you've all seen uh, the mass amount of news that has come out on social media, on actual you know public news platforms. The extent of this fire amazed me because unfortunately in Freemasonry, we see a lot of fires, we see a lot of floods, we see a lot of building damage, um, but this one burned so quick and so hot. I mean, within hours, it was just a shell. Like there were no floors. You could just see right through it. It was insane. If we can, for a second, kind of go into, I mean, this this lodge has so much history. What were some of the historical items that you guys know has been lost to the fire, unfortunately? The first set of jewels that we ever used um, were framed and sitting in the uh, northeast corner. Um, we lost the set of jewels that we know were being used from the Civil War forward as Amity's dress jewels. So anytime we were in a tuxedo, we wore those ones. Um, we lost a sword that had belonged to General Rufus Putnam. Hey, there's the original jewels. Um, we lost a sword. Hey, there's a picture. Of the this is why Merkel keeps me around. <laughs> um, that and the whiskey. Get married. Jason sends you whiskey. Um but we, we lost a, a sword that had belonged to General Rufus Putnam. There it is. And the funny thing about that sword, um, so I get to say that certain things were certain things because I, I went through their records. I read the letters. Sure. Um, that sword and the letter that was sent with the sword to General Van Horn from General Putnam, he says, this was the first sword I ever carried into battle. Um, he had spent his money trying to outfit his men and didn't have the money for a sword and a Masonic lodge, which I'm going to assume was in Massachusetts. He didn't say because that wasn't the real point of the letter. Um, but he said Amity had been, there'd been a lot of animosity in the lodge. It was right about the, the, the schism. And he said, this sword united men for one purpose. And I'm hoping that this sword will unite the lodge back together. Um, and he had general Van Horn present it to the lodge, but less than 10 years after that, there was a separation. Um, but that law, that sword, I mean, I have a lot of pictures of me with that sword. Um, beautiful sword, a lot of, um, 18th century, um, Masonic themes on that sword. You can tell it had been purpose-built to be a Tyler sword and then uh, was used by General Putnam until he started getting his military swords. Um, and then I, I was installed with it actually just weeks before the fire. I was installed with that sword as Tyler. Wow. Um, so we lost that. Um, we lost a lot of letters. Um, letters from the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania to Amity, um, letters from, we had a letter from, and I just brain farted on the, uh, President Harrison had sent a letter, um, when he had sent, um, Louis Cass to France. Um, he wrote a very eloquent letter, actually. It was two-sided, um, 
and then we had a um, we had a telegram from from President Andrew Johnson from when Lewis Cass died. Um, he had sent us wanting to make sure that the lodge knew that their founding worshipful master had died. Um, wow. So we had a lot of historical letters. Um, a lot of them you couldn't read anymore. The ink had, had faded so badly. Um, I think some of them were written with pencil and the acid from the paper ate the, ate the, the graphite. Um, but then there was the 1862 Bible. Um, was gift to the lodge during the Civil War. And the pages that the Bible was opened to for degrees were completely brown and worn through. And the other pages of that Bible were still completely crisp and white and beautiful. Yeah. Um, but we used it most recently for installation of officers for the, the master to be obligated on so that he could feel, literally feel the history of the lodge. Sure. Um, but those are, those are some of the things that are, that are gone that, you know, We'll never get back. Um, there was, I mean, our sphinxes, the, the, the members of the lodge had an attachment to those sphinxes, which had only been around since 1903, but we still had an attachment to those sphinxes. And, you know, our altar had hieroglyphics carved into it. Our officers' podiums had hieroglyphics. Um, one of the officers' thrones had a scene from... from uh, had a, a, a scene of a heart being weighed um, from oh, wow. Egyptian. Everything in that room was Egyptian. Um, it's some amazing frescoes. Yes. As well. Just the the entire wall um, on that, uh, what is it, the north? Is it the north wall? Um, it was just a gorgeous, like, desert. Up in the sick. Yeah, up in the sixth, the sixth floor lodge rooms, um, yeah. the domes were full of the building of King Solomon's Temple. Um, the south wall had um, the curtains being struck down from Nebuchadnezzar. Um, you know, of course, it was the Yorkite room, so a lot of them have meaning. Um, sure. And then in Amity's rooms, the clouds had hidden pictures in the clouds. Um, really. The, yeah, you would. We would look around, and they said that they painted them there on purpose so that when you got bored in the middle of a stated meeting, you could look up. Um, but it so was there painted. Were Ryan Flynn's around even then. <laughs> yeah, it had, uh... Did you know that he studied in Florence? Really, never heard that. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Love you, Ryan. So, our lodges obviously. Not all to the extent that you're talking about here, but all of our lodges have these various artifacts and, you know, stuff of historical value. You mentioned this Bible, and that's one of the items that always hits me, uh, especially these really old ones, because the first thing I think about, you know, religion and all that aside, is how many brothers took their oath upon that Bible and kissed that Bible throughout all the years, Um that, that always impacts me. When I when I see an old Masonic Bible sitting around, that's the first thing I think is how many brothers took their obligation upon that very book. To lose something like that is that that's definitely hard hitting. I mean, everything that you guys have lost is beyond hard hitting. But uh, you, you talk about the the usage that you could visibly see upon those pages just really speaks to the amount of brothers that, you know, 
sat before that and, and took their oath upon those very pages. One grandfather, one great grandfather, three great uncles, one cousin once removed, and a couple others. They actually probably took their oaths on their own Bibles, though. Lafayette presented very large heirloom Bibles. There you go, ruining and everything that was, for me. That, Why that couldn't you let me have the dream? I know. <laughs> that, that's who, That's what I am. Um, but a lot of people after the fire, they were like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry that you lost your sword. You know, the sword was great. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love swords. That's why I'm their Tyler. Um, but I was the one, as the Tyler, I was the one who sat that Bible out every time it was used. I was the one yeah. who opened it, set the square encompasses on top of it, because the binding was broke mm. um, in that spot. Which, you know, that Bible verse is just about dead center of the Bible. So square encompasses sit on it beautifully. Um and then I was the one who closed it, and it, it lived inside the altar. So that that one is the one that hit me the, the hardest, I think. Um, yeah, I love my sword, and I loved all the jewels and, and the letters and the history, but being able to pick up that piece of history, seeing the wear that was in those pages. I mean, there were literally holes worn in the pages. Um, that one hit. Definitely. So you, you've kind of gone through and verbally described what we would have seen in the temple. Uh, Brother Jason has a slew of amazing pictures. We weren't able to get those put together in time for tonight, but uh, I'll have him send those over to me. We'll definitely get those posted in the comments and stuff uh, after this episode here. But for you guys out there that know me, I, I am that exploring history nerd. Uh, 33rd degree room might have crawled inside the walls. I'm that type of guy. If you tell me there's something cool, I'm going to go explore. So looking at uh, Brother Jason had shared some of these pictures uh, just right after the fire. And I think both of you can touch on this, being able to go back in your memory of exploring this building. What kind of cool stuff we would have seen behind the scenes? Uh, was there any nooks and crannies that you know the normal person wasn't able to see that was just so cool about this building? Anything yes. hidden there? Yeah. A lot. Oh man. I can imagine. So I was up, this was, this was probably 2017. Um, yeah. I came, I came up, um, and, uh, brother Dave and I had, had met before the year before, um, he took me over to, uh, to give me a, a tour of, of the building. And, uh, one of the things that, we were able to do with just, you know, walk everywhere into the balconies. And one of the things that, that surprised me the most were all of the like ancient secretary stamps that oh, yeah. were like cast iron that oh. were just, you know, hundreds of years old. And so, Literally, literally, we were walking around and I was pulling out like receipts from my wallet and punching every single one that I came across just to see like what it was. And that to me was the uh, the coolest thing that uh, that we did um, that particular day. Looks and, like uh, we've got one. Oh, boy. Yep. there you go. Imagine our surprise when 
I look in kind of the faint light at the, the card I just punched, and you can barely make out Lafayette 79. Ooh. We found Lafayette's original stamp and may have liberated it from the temple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I cleaned out the stamp plates. Um, it still it stamps pretty well now. Um, there's some wear on it, but uh, obviously probably the reason that they replaced it. Um, give me a second. Yeah, no worries. So, so Jason, you, you're talking about your family history and the, and the ties to Lafayette, and then just by chance, you stamp paper and it comes out to be the original seal of that lodge. I mean, that, that must have been an amazing moment for you of just that connection with your ancestry. I, that was insane. I, I, I literally held it out to David without saying anything. And he just looks at it and our eyes meet and he's like, we're taking this with us. <laughs> yep. There it is. There it is. Oh. That is so cool. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. had, had we not done that, it would have never been found because it was in like, you know, the corner of like a closet. Um, and in, in the York right rooms. Yeah, in the York right rooms. Um, which Lafayette has a sign that says Lafayette Lodge number 79 meets tonight. And back in the day, whoever was meeting that night had a sign that they would hang out downstairs in the lobby so that everybody who came in the temple for, throughout the day could see who was meeting. And uh, when Lafayette left, they didn't take their sign or they couldn't find their sign. And uh, I was exploring one night after Amity's installation of officers and found it. And the new master's like, yeah, take it with you. It's not ours. Um, so, yeah, I, and we still use it. We hang it in the window at Lafayette when we're going to meet. So That's fantastic. So while we're on the topic of, of talking about all these awesome items, uh, we do have a comment here from Brother Chad. I'm going to throw up real quick. Hey, Chad says here is the thought to recreate reforge remake any of the items or location to create something uh new going forward it's in committee that's what i can tell you <laughs> um there there are some conversations that i'm privy to that i'm not allowed to talk about um because we haven't we've met once since the fire and committees were formed um one thing is to replace a lot of you know we have no aprons. We have no jewels. We have no candidate information. We don't have aprons or Bibles for them. Um, so we've got a committee for that. We've, we've got a committee to look into the future. Um, so without those committing committees having met, I, we have nothing to report right now. Um, but um, I can tell you that, you know, a lot of things are being talked about. Um, not everything that, that I have heard, you know, I, I sit at work mode, what I, what I do. Um, and there have been some people who have been talking that I've, I've overheard and some of the things flying around are quite funny, but, uh, um, once we can make stuff public, we'll make stuff public. Once we have a decision, you know, the, even Definitely. things that are talked about in committee have not been voted on by the lodge. So, yeah. um, 
I mean, those conversations are tough because they're obviously something we do not expect. Um, maybe stuff that we should plan for, but rarely do. And then when it's thrown upon you and times are raw, uh, those those are hard things to figure out. I'm sure you guys will, and I, I wish you the best of luck to get through that because those aren't easy conversations and decisions to make. And everybody's grieving too. Yeah. 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 Just a complete and utter loss of of not only your history but your identity as as a lodge. Yeah. Just... Yeah. Um, yeah. It was it was it was definitely tough. Um, you know, I literally felt like a grandparent had died. You, you you felt like a member of your family had died because that's where you know. I wasn't raised in that lodge room. I was, I was raised on North Point Drive, but Amity was my lodge's mother lodge. That's where most of the past masters of my lodge had been master. Um, and the, when the opportunity presented itself for me to, to plural to Amity, and then I was elected um, as their Tyler, you know, I got to literally hold some of that, the history that, was my lodge's history as well. Um, and we, there are a lot of very strong feelings um, from a lot of different places, not just, just Amity, not just Lafayette, but, you know, guys who had seen, uh, seen some of the degrees done in that room, that that room was purpose built for one degree. Definitely. And, uh, you know, it was a beautiful two story room. So we, we've covered a lot of history and, you know, the three aspects that I really want to get through while we have our time here is the history, the learning process and where we're going here in the future. So obviously this is a very raw time, but what are some things you guys have have learned uh, during this process that, that may aid you moving in the future here? Uh, protect your history. Um you know, make sure that there are digital copies of things because Definitely. the safe that was in the secretary's office that hasn't been recovered was full of the minutes from 1805, uh, from the founding of the lodge until I think the secretary has the last couple minute books with, with him. But, you know, Amity's over 200 years old. Right. So you're looking at 200 years worth of lodge minutes some of them handwritten by Quill that are gone. And they had started to, to try to preserve those. They had put them on microfilm, but they were in the safe too. Right. So um, to protect your stuff. Um, and Amity had, did have an insurance policy. Make sure you've got an insurance policy. Because, you know, as much as it hurts to have lost everything we've got, at least we know that we were insured and that some of it can be replaced. Not with exactly what we had. I mean, you're never going to replace things from 1805. Right. But you can replace some things. Another key point with that, too, Alex, is document what you have. Um, yes. Yep. You know, I, I had worshipful Tyler and worshipful David come to me going, Hey, Jason, send us all of the pictures of the building you have. And so make sure that you, you 
take pictures of your lodge building and what's in your lodge building on a regular basis. Just, you know, that makes for good pictures and good history, but it also helps in the case of, of something catastrophic. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. You know, you, you mentioned there uh, digitizing and that's obviously something uh, Robert and I have harped on, on this show for, for years now. And to kind of bring to the forelight here, the, the huge reason why that's so important is when we look at the catastrophic nature, the volume of this fire here, um, to have fire safes and stuff only go so far. I mean, my lodge uses fire safes there. They, they love them. They're big bulky. And, uh, we preserved our documents in a certain way to be able to keep them in there. Um, but one of the members of our lodge is a fire investigator and I don't know the the technical side of this, but he told us that chances are if the place caught on fire, they would all be dust by the time you went to take them out of there. So especially looking at the pictures of the blaze at Amity Lodge, I mean, like, like we said, within hours, there were no floors left. It was just a shell and you could see right through it. Um, fire safes just don't stand a chance there. And, you know, the two sides we always talk about here with, with our archival and preservation is, we want to, you know, preserve those original physical items as long as we can, but also more importantly, we want to make sure that when and if, because no matter what you do, they're not going to last forever, but when and if those disappear into history, we still have that data preserved. And that's where the digitizing comes into place to be able to uh, harness that digitally and save it in multiple different platforms so that you can always go back to that. So that that is huge. Do you guys have that as a plan moving forward to, to implement that into your lodges, uh, uh, in, into your lodges plans, I guess. Absolutely. And it, it's also, you know, the domino effect, um, Lafayette split from Amity and we're, it's going to come up at our next stated that, okay, we're, we're digitizing everything and it's not all going to live in the temple. It can't. Um, which luckily with our records right now at Lafayette, the, the actual paper records are still in the secretary's office. The old stuff's downstairs in the fire safe underneath of a fire suppression system. But the digital records, the, the minutes and, and stuff that have happened since our current secretaries have taken over are on computer at his house. So he can recreate anything that's happened since then. And he's, he has been working on, on going back on certain issues with certain people, you know, mostly for our histories, we want to pr preserve the information about masters and he's been working on that. But I mean, we still have ledger books from when we were under dispensation in 1825. Right. So, um, we, we want to get those digitized and copies, multiple copies made and put in multiple different places. That's fantastic to hear. Uh, we had brother Robert uh, Marshall join in with us. Uh, want to kind of get your thoughts, brother. Uh, I know you've probably seen this as well and and, and heard about the unfortunate news of uh, Amity Lodge burning down. But what what's your thoughts on this? Oh, man, my heart goes out to you guys. I can't imagine uh, what it must have been like to see it in the moment and then just steadily over and over again, kind of thinking about and remembering particular things that you don't have now. Uh, yeah, my, my heart just pours out to you guys. I, I was devastated to see and hear about it. 
So we got two comments uh, in that I want to highlight at this point because they're they're really important to uh, what we're talking about right now with digitizing and and saving history. This one here from uh, Brother Scott Bratz and says, "Our lodge minutes are kept in the safe at our lodge. We've been talking about digitizing. This is a or this testimony will further cement our decision to get that done. Unfortunately, times like this." Uh, kind of drive that forward and it's the double-edged sword of the matter you know history has been lost but at the same time we can learn from this and uh hopefully other lodges can save that so scott that's excellent to hear and i really hope you guys uh do take those efforts to get that done and if there's anything we can do to help you please let us know uh, uh on that we, note alex yeah, go ahead. Uh, brother Bratson's actually only about a 45 minute drive from me so brother Bratson, i'd be more than happy to bring you the uh the seizure scanner that i use for digitizing minutes <laughs> for no cost so that you guys can use that and get digitized and that is the way to go those seizures are awesome go ahead jason you know I Alex and Robert, one one other thing that I think Amity has done really, really well as far as preserving their history and Lafayette too, is that Amity and Lafayette have actually written and published books on their history. Uh, I believe there are two histories of Amity and uh, two soon to be three histories of, of Lafayette Lodge. And this, you know, this isn't a substitute for lodge records and minute books, right. but, you know, this, this gets that information out for further and public distribution. And so if, if you're a secretary of a lodge, think about the stories that you can cobble together from your old lodge records and think about putting that into a publication. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And so we got one more here. Uh, they kind of talk to the opposite aspect here. Uh, this brother says, we don't have a lot of historic materials, documents, and treasures. Our lodge is new. However, we have started to write and save our sessions online. That is that is huge. Uh, I'd say the first thing we got to think about here is Amity Lodge number five. When they started out and had all these uh, historic documents, they were new. They, they weren't this historic lodge. And from my experience, even me personally, uh, I think a lot of brothers really struggle with seeing today as tomorrow's history and preserving today in that manner. Uh, and, and I'm just as guilty as anyone else on that. I've spent so much time going through and, and trying to recapture so much of the lost history and, and get that preserved and archived. And uh, yeah, we're definitely not doing as good of a job for today's stuff as we could, but that's just as important because if we don't, it's not a long time down the road before you're in that same position of, of not being caught up and, and hoping that there's another uh, history nerd coming down the line that's going to be willing to step up and take that on. Or is it going to be a few generations and you guys are going to be totally uh, in the dark again? So jump on it now. Make it uh, an active practice within your lodge and uh, hopefully you will you know be in good shape from that point. Yeah, you're a new lodge and you don't have any historical documents yet. Right. Even even then, I would say your charter, the information of the brethren who chartered your lodge, the first year's worth of minutes, that is your, you know, 100 years down the road, priceless history. Any letter. To be protected. Any yes. letter written to the lodge, keep that, you know. 
like I say, we had a wooden drawer and a wooden cabinet that we kept historic letters, letters from the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania who chartered the Lodge of Amity, letters from um, Gen Brigadier General Putnam to General Van Horn when, when his sword was, was um, gifted to the Lodge. They were kept in a wooden drawer and a wooden cabinet. And yes, I read them, but I didn't take pictures of them because they were very hard to read. The, the, the phone was being used to shine a light on the ink so I could get the rust to reflect so that I could read it. Um, letters need to be preserved. Um, pictures need to be preserved. Um, now, we have a picture. Lafayette has a picture taken in that room of the installation of officers for 1918. And World War I was still raging. And the east of that lodge room was, there was an American flag hanging for each member of both lodges who was in World War I. You know, and that, that's one of our, our treasured pictures. And there is more than one copy of it, and they are in different places right now. Um, but, you know, when you think about the fact that Lafayette's first history was written for its 100th anniversary. And... Now, there was a lot of things that, that no longer existed because the lodge had moved twice since then. Right. Well, more than that, because Lafayette had their own building for a while. Um, so, yeah. For a new lodge, so, keep everything. Oh, definitely. So we touched briefly on lodge history books and i'm one of those nerds that all the time you know i'm scouring google or not google i'm sorry ebay and grabbing all i can but obviously there's so many out there you just can't get them all at once well as soon as this happened unfortunately that's the first thing i searched for and i was lucky enough uh to snag a copy of the amity lodge uh history luckily i got it before those prices went up because good lord did those prices go up <laughs> well uh, and there was a second there's a second volume of that that was written for their 200th anniversary. Okay. Or their 175th anniversary. It was paperback and I used to be able to get my hands on plenty of them. I don't have my own copy, but um, two cases of them were lost. We kept them in, in the office to, to give to new brothers. You got a copy of both, both volumes. Right. So my, my question with that is, are there copies out there outside of what you can find on sources like eBay? Um, and if not, have you guys uh, pondered recreating these and republishing them? Um, that one has not been completely discussed yet, but um, I just opened up a whole nother committee meeting that you guys are going to hate me for. <laughs> not really. Um, <laughs> you know, when I'm reading this, it looks like th these books were published in Zanesville. Okay. We don't have a publishing house in Zanesville anymore. Um, yeah, it looks like Amity published it themselves. So, um, I don't know on that one. I know on Lafayette's, it was published in Zanesville. Um, and the second version, every one of them that I have seen has duct tape on it. And uh, that's to hold the, <laughs> it's to hold the staples. 
it covers the bridge. It holds the staples. This was manufactured by the lodge in house. Sure. It's so. literally the binding of the book. <laughs> and this you can't get on eBay. No. Um, and like Lafayette doesn't have any copies of that just hanging out in the lodge either. Um, right. The one that I have. Well, the, the history of Amity that I have was the private copy of Oren Pearson who wrote Lafayette's book. Um, you know, so a lot of them have just, when they were published, they were handed out and we didn't have any more. We're not making any more. So um, I have found a couple more of the, uh, the volume twos for, for Lafayette. I've never seen another volume two of Amity. Yeah, that guy, um, he lived to be 109 years old. Wow. He's the reason that Ohio has a lot of their um, service awards. When he died, he was the fourth oldest Mason in the United States. Wow. Grand Lodge just used to call every five years and go, is he still alive? <laughs> so, but yeah, he wrote our history. He was, he kept very detailed records. So we are lucky that we have a lot of, you know, the time capsule from the temple has been recovered. You know, that, that made the news. Yes. In Lafayette's first history, we have a list of what's in there. Ooh. So, you know, we we got lucky. He kept good records. I, I Alex totally wants you to read it on the do, air. Do what? So Alex totally wants you to read it on the air. I, I, I'm I nerding out inside, but I don't want to force anything. I'll read it. Give me a second. Let's go for it. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely interested to hear what's in there, and I know everyone else is as well. Well, first off, there's an inscription in the front cover of my Lafayette history. It was owned by the master in 1936 who gave it to his son, and that master carved, uh, hand did the gavel that Lafayette uses for its masters. Oh, wow. um, he, he made it for his son when he gave back his, his master mason work. And uh, when Sib moved back from Florida to Ohio, he brought it back to the lodge and said, would you guys be willing to use this? And uh, it was a resounding yes, because it's a beautiful checkerboard gavel. And you know, I have one of his books, too. Uh, hey, there's a lay the cornerstone of the other building was laid in 1857. Okay. Found that it's in Lafayette's first history. So while you're flipping to a page there, trying to find those items, that are found 133. it. Yeah, one thirty-three. All right. So. The cornerstone weighed four tons and was taken from the quarries of Bedford, Indiana. It was laid in the southwest corner of the building, and in a hollow square beneath it was deposited a leaden box containing white lambskin aprons from the Lodge of Amity and Lafayette Lodge, aprons of the chapter and council, histories of the Lodge of Amity, chapter, council, and commandery, none having been written of Lafayette, copies of various bylaws, Masonic directories, Zanesville directory, the Zanesville newspapers, Souvenirs of the temple of the Templar conclaves, postage stamps, postcards, government envelopes, chapter marks, coin to the value of 96 cents, a loving cup, photographs, 
copy of Scientific American, curriculum of the city schools, and the canceled checks used to purchase the site. All right, that, that last one blows me away. But also, we're not talking about one of these little tube. <laughs> that, that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. How big it's is huge. this time capsule? Give me a second. I got that picture too. <laughs> 40 cubits by 40 cubits. Um, Made out of GoPro. I have a lot of pictures, so bear with me. And we'll see how well this picture shows up, showing a phone too. That's the box. Okay. So, is that is that a picture of Tyler? Yep, Tyler was one of the guys who got to be at the bank when it was locked. It, it is currently housed in a vault of a bank in downtown Zanesville, um, and Tyler got to be there when it was done. Um, so, yeah, I got a phone call. Hey, don't hate me. So, and and the big question that everyone's you know has on their mind right now is: Are there plans to open it, or is it going to be uh, re hidden away? It will be opened. Um, the The when and where is not hashed out yet because okay, the box became a source of controversy in Zanesville. But it's like, well, it's the lodge's box. No, the lodge sold the building. The box belongs to the owners. It was literally part of the foundation of the building. We sold the building. The foundation went with it. Um, but the owners have been extremely gracious. Um, and the, the plan is to open the box. So Interesting. So we, uh, we here in Kansas, we recently uh, sold our Grand Lodge building and, and moved to another. And uh, upon doing that, they knew there was a time capsule. But throughout the years, they had lost... Uh, knowledge of where it was actually placed and they tried to hire some people to find it never could uh, the plan was to try to remove it before we sold a move but it didn't happen so in the sale of the building they actually worked in the clause that the time capsule would remain the property of the grand lodge and if it was ever discovered uh would you know be turned over at that point so that might be something to uh to think about for other lodges out there uh just to have in your back pocket so but as we are kind of getting towards the end of the hour here, the other thing that we really want to touch on here is Amity Lodge moving forward. So where are you guys going from here? Obviously, there, there's so much still up in the air, uh, committee meetings and stuff to get panned out. But you guys are still in existence. You're still meeting. Yes. Yes. Uh, so what what is Amity doing today? And, and what's it look like moving forward here for you guys? Um, currently, at least temporarily, Amity is meeting um, in the same room as Lafayette is again. Um, the Laser Masonic Temple was built by Lafayette Lodge and Honor Lodge. Honor folded in 2000. Uh, Lafayette absorbed them. It is now our temple. Um, we have a temple company, but um, Amity is meeting there. Um, they're using Lafayette's paraphernalia. Um, Laf uh, Amity has an inspection. So in Ohio, every lodge is required to be inspected. Once a year, they, they inspect your books and then you have to perform a degree and it's on a rolling. So this year, Amity is performing the Master Mason degree. And Jason can can uh, can, can back me up on this. Amity uses robes for the Master Mason degree. We, we still robe up for Master Mason. Lafayette does too. 
Um, Amity and Lafayette are still the only are the only two formal lodges left in our district. You know, we're still tuxedos for degree work, and uh, they're going to use our stuff for their inspection. Um, their next Amity's next meeting, um, we will be setting up for practices um, for the inspection because you know we we now have to practice everything because the room size is different. So those guys who knew how many steps it took from one end of the lodge to the other, it's different now. Um, it's a fair point though. So everything has to be practiced. You're using stuff that's different from what you're used to. Um, our paraphernalia is close, but not the same. You know, mm. there are certain things that, that are a little bit different. We're going to have to work on. So we'll be doing practices. Um, before then. Um, and Amity gets their inspection um, in March. Um, and like I say, they'll continue to meet at, at Lafayette um, until any plans for the future are cemented. And, you know, depending on what those plans are, they may continue to meet at Lafayette for a while. Um, right. But, you know, we don't meet on the same night, so... And Amity meets on a night that's not the same as any other body that meets in that, that room. So it just, it's one more change uh, of the lodge that we, that we'll work with. And, you know, everybody is learning how to deal with it right now. You know, there's, there's stuff that nobody's used to sharing and now we've got to share it. And, right. Um, but for right now, Amity meets at the Laser Masonic temple on north point drive um, so it's not downtown it, it's on the north end of zanesville but you know it also wasn't built in 1903 so it has air conditioning <laughs> <laughs> it's the little things right it is creature comforts are nice um but well hey 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 the zanesville sonic temple had like that one air conditioner by the lodge room right okay so Though we had three air conditioners in that lodge room, window air conditioners, which survived until they knocked the temple down. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, they used really long lags to put those in, and they were in there. Um, so, yeah, they, they were in there. Um, and they, they did work. I, I learned that if you go down in the morning and turn them on and turn the fans on, then by the evening, it's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. <laughs> so I, I can imagine or I, you know, can think in my mind here that first meeting back for you guys after all this had happened, that must have been a rough one. Uh, can, it, can you share a little bit about just what was in the air for you guys there? Emotions were very high. Um, you know, there was crying. Um we did have we, one of the past grandmasters of Ohio. He, he lives like an hour south of, of Zanesville. He was an he's an honorary member of Amity, and uh, he was there with us. Uh, his his grand Tyler from his year was there with us. Um, there were members of Amity that we haven't seen in in, in years. Who you know, life happens, yeah. and uh, they made time to come to be there for their lodge. Um, so there was, it was nice to see everybody. Um, but emotions ran high, especially, you know, we grieved the loss of, of the 1862 Bible and we're talking, you know, we're going to have to buy a new Bible. 
and one of our past masters stands up and a guy who was district deputy grandmaster and was a member of Amity when he died, um, had given this past master a Bible. It was still, you know, a brand new heirloom Bible. And he's like, I would like to give it back to the lodge. So that one brought tears all around because this was a brother who was very highly thought of in the lodge, um, even before he was a district deputy. Um, and you know, so we're going to have part of him there on the altar. Um, but it, it was just an emotional night. Business got taken care of though, you know, and that, that was one of the things is the, the lodge is still open. Um, as, as one of the past masters put it, uh, Masons build the building. The building doesn't make Masons. And it uh, doesn't matter what building we're in, we're still a lodge. So, and the good news is, is that the, the charter that was hanging at Amity was a copy. It was not their original charter. Sure. The original charter is at the Grand Lodge in Springfield. So, um, we have ordered a new copy. So... Yeah, it was it was a very emotional meeting. Again, I can imagine learning. that that would just be so hard to uh, to sit through. I mean, honestly. So the one thing that you know really stood out to me is we see a lot of fires and stuff reported on you know Facebook and other social media platforms. It, it, it's no stranger to Freemasonry. Hey, there's the, is that the charger one. there. That's the Pennsylvania copy. That's the one okay. from P- Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania. It's in Philadelphia. Fantastic. Well, so, so fires and other disasters in these lodges. I mean, it, it's nothing unfamiliar to us. We we see it on on social media and stuff all the time. But this particular fire uh, really seemed to take Freemasonry as a whole uh, by storm. I mean, everyone was talking about it. Uh, it seemed to touch everyone uh everyone I, there are so many emotions involved and it just didn't quit i mean that fire went for days and days it, that fire went until they tore the building down i mean it was still the basement was baking until they took it out that's um, just incredible there was a flare-up the night before they were supposed to start tearing it down there was a flare-up that went to the third floor windows so it, it, she refused to quit. Right. I know even, uh, even our grandmaster of Kansas here, uh, Michael Stoops, he was, uh, I, I can't remember exactly where he was, but he was on a road trip over there with some Masonic business. And, uh, it meant enough to him that he sidetracked on his journey and went up there and sent me a picture standing right outside of it while I was still smoking. And, uh, it's just very, very impactful, but, you know, it's one of those things that we can definitely learn from. And I know you guys as a lodge will uh, grow stronger and closer together from this. And uh, I think it's safe to say, you know, Emily Lodge is not going anywhere. No, no, we're we've been around for coming up on 225 years. Um, one of the founding Grand Lodges of the Grand Lodge of Ohio. We're not going anywhere. We might move where we meet, but the lodge will still be Zanesville. 100%. So we went from this, and that's the wrong one. <laughs> Fat thumbs. We went from this. Okay. 
that was the east. To and you'll have to give me a minute because it's in a different freaking file. So while while David is is pulling that out, I want to key in on something you mentioned, Alex. Just how yeah. how this the destruction of this building really grabbed everybody's attention and toured everybody. Something that you wouldn't know unless you were actually in Zanesville was that throughout the time that that building stood, it was very much a cultural center for the entire city. Um, up until the point where it burned down, it was a home to art studios. Like there was an entire artist gallery. There was a um, colony. Wow. Yeah. The Zanesville artist colony. Yeah. You know, it wasn't uh, early on in the history. Didn't uh, wasn't it the sheriff's office that was in the building? It, no, the, the sheriff's man, the sheriff's residence was between us and the courthouse. Um, but the DMV used to be there. Um, the state parole office was there when it burned. Um, oh, wow. Most of the union halls in Zanesville, their businesses offices were in the temple. Um, okay. you know, one of our, the guy who was master of Amity last year said he can remember when his dad was a pipe fitter having to go there, um, for the business office when he was a kid, he's like, I used to love riding in that elevator. <laughs> that elevator is scary. It was one of the only DC elevators left in Ohio. Was it an Otis? Uh, yes. So that's the, that's the East at Lafayette. So we went from right. an Egyptian room to, you know, your standard fare. Um, but yeah, that, that building, I watched, they, they live streamed the burning when it yeah. happened that night. And I heard the safes fall through the floor. I wow. heard the dishes fall out of the sixth floor. Um, Amity had their own full dinner set dishes. Um, and, you know, you just sat and it was like a train wreck. You couldn't quit watching. Um, right. But, you know, there were lawyer's offices in the temple when it burned. Um, a bail bond. The temple was directly across the alley from the city, from the county jail. So there was a bail bondsman. Um, but there were all kinds of artists, um, yoga studios, a massage therapist, um, a guy who had a lot of historical stuff from Zanesville. He, he's one of Zanesville's historians. Um, he had a shop there and sold a bunch of his, his books. Um, so yeah, it, it wasn't just a loss to the lodge. Um, it was a loss to Zanesville when it, it was the tallest inhabitable building in the city. Right. It was seven, six floors were what was, available to the public seven floors to the masons because you got to the seventh floor through the sixth floor of lodge rooms. Okay. Wow. Well, brothers, we are at the nine o'clock hour just past it. Um, we traditionally bring our show to a close here with a toast and uh, brother Merkel, if you would be so kind, I would like to ask you to offer up a toast this evening. Uh, however you see fit, my brother. To Freemasonry. Free it will Masonry. always, a fire doesn't take us down. We will move on. 
Cheers. So I'd like to go around and uh, get some final thoughts here and uh, bring it to a close that way. Brother Jason, uh, you were fortunate enough to have the chance to go through and see this wonderful building in person. Uh, so many of us will never have that opportunity, unfortunately. For you, it meant so much more with your family history, but what, what's on your mind with all this and kind of what are your final thoughts around it? Um. Sorry, I'm having a hard time right now. Um, for me, this is a piece, a connection to my my ancestors that I I was lucky enough to have been able to experience. Yeah, and I and I'm in no way you know, comparing my grief to the, the grief of, of the brethren from the Lodge of Amity, but um, that connection to my ancestors is gone. And I, I will never get it back. I will never be able to go up to those giant wooden doors that had Lafayette Lodge number 79 emblazoned on the front. I'll never be able to sit in that lodge room where my grandfather and three great uncles got initiated all at the same night in the 1940s um it's just history that i i can't have anymore i totally get it brother brother robert i know you got to join in a little late with us but i know you're not uh foreign to this to this news and topic Hearing about this and uh, looking into the topic and everything, what what's some of your final thoughts and uh, wishes around this? Uh, well, like I said earlier, uh, sorry for coming in late, but uh, my heart goes okay. out to you guys. I will say uh, I know we have some uh, uh, Texas Mason audience members. I know one chimed in earlier. Uh, there was potentially significant amount of uh, Texas and Texas Masonic history lost in this fire as well. Uh, um, I don't know if he was talked about before I came on, uh, but uh, James H.C. Miller, who was Secretary of Amity Lodge in the 1850s, uh, previously uh, in the 1830s, played a prominent role in the developing tension between uh, Texas uh, and uh, Mexico. He uh, was an ally of General Santa Ana. And uh, <clears throat> he attempted to prevent the Texas Revolution by trying to keep peace. Uh, of course, history shows how well that worked out. Uh, and he was ultimately run out of uh, Texas, uh, accused of being a traitor just because things went a different way. And uh, that was the way it had to go. Uh, he headed north and uh, wound up there in Ohio, um, where he became secretary of the lodge. And who knows uh, if somewhere in those archives or somewhere in that building, there weren't letters between Miller and Santa Ana or Stephen F. Austin. These were all guys that uh, Brother Miller was in contact with uh, famously in Texas history uh, before he went up to Ohio and, and tried to live a quiet, uh, uh, fraternal and charitable life as a doctor. Uh, and that's just for where I'm from, who knows uh, what other kinds of history uh, was lost. 
but I will say I'm, I'm grateful uh, that there were brothers like uh, the two of y'all who had looked into the history of the lodges in this building and uh, brothers who had put the time into the books that you shared uh, here on screen tonight. There's so many lodges, some even older, that have virtually nothing available uh, to preserve their history or to share their history uh, should a conflagration uh, befall their uh, edifice. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm s s sad and, and sorry for the loss you guys have uh, endured, but I'm, I'm very grateful that it's not a total loss. It's certainly not a total loss. Definitely. Brother Merkel, uh, how about you? What What's on your mind right now and kind of what's your final thoughts around this? Um, it's tough. Um, you know, I was a plural member to Amity. I, I joined them four years ago. I've been there, Tyler, for four years. Um, most of my friends that are members of that lodge, you know, they were raised there. Some of them had their their investigation committee meetings in the, the Masonic club that used to be upstairs with the billiards tables and, and stuff that has been gone for, for a few years. Um, it's tough for me because, you know, both of my lodges names were, were on the doors. And I always mm -hmm. joked that if anything ever happened and anybody had to leave that building, I was coming and taking that panel out of that door that said Lafayette lodge meets here on Thursday. Um, I never got my chance to do that. And, uh, I, there, as the Tyler, I used to go down and check on the lodge periodically just to make sure nothing had ever been messed with. And, uh, three weeks, two and a half weeks before it burned, I got off work early and, and went down and rode the elevator up and checked to make sure all of our stuff was where it was put. Hey, there it is. Um, and I pulled those wooden doors shut and they made a very distinctive click when they locked. I turned the deadbolt and I walked down the stairs that were completely worn from the feet of thousands of people over 119 years. Hmm. Walked out the front doors, walked across the street, got in my car and went home. Never known it was the last time. Um, so I guess my final thought would be never take for granted what you've got 100 my brother so before we uh come to a, a total close here I, I definitely want to give brothers an opportunity to uh get a hold of you guys and learn a bit more about you uh brother jason you're a part of a phenomenal masonic podcast uh and some other things as well so i want to give you a chance to give some shout outs and how they can find uh, uh you outside of this platform well, thanks, Alex, and I appreciate um, y'all letting me tag along with with Brother David. Um, yeah, you can you can find me on the Masonic Roundtable um, Thursday nights at uh, nine thirty Eastern, and you can reach me at jasonmrichards.com or acaciawm17 at gmail.com. Fantastic! Thank you so much for coming on this brother uh, coming on this evening, my brother. It's a uh, been huge to have you here and to share in those memories. Uh, so glad that you personally got to visit that lodge and be able to make those uh, those connections before it was too late. So, and Brother Merkel, I want to give you an opportunity as well. How can brothers find out more about uh, 
Amity Lodge here? Do you guys got a website or anything? And we're working on a website. Um, we had a website, okay. and the guy who owned it has uh, he's we can't get it from him. So um, it's not because he's being stingy. It's physically he can't get it to us. Um, so we are working on on that. Um, they're the, they've started a hashtag on Facebook. Um, hashtag Amity Five Strong. Um, and there will be some stuff on there. Um, but um, I don't have my only email is the email that I use every day and it's, it's already full from stuff from the state board. So I won't give that out. Um, but send it to me and I'll make sure David gets it. Yeah. Anything you guys there need you from me. Um, like I say, I am Amity's historian. I uh, talking, Jason can tell you, I will talk about Amity and Lafayette and the temple until I'm blue in the face and everybody's ready to shoot me. So um, just if you get a hold of him, he can get a hold of me. Um, until I've got something better set up. Um, but uh, if anybody's got any questions about Amity in particular, um, we just set up a new email for Amity that is, um, I have to look it up. Um, <laughs> that'll take me a minute. So if anybody else wants to talk, because this moment of silence is brought to you by me being unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I will, I will do something shameless here which is uh brother david would never would never admit it because he's so humble but he he has such an impact on masonry in zanesville both as as the historian but he has the biggest heart in the entire world and like i i owe everything i know about my family's masonic history to brother david being willing to respond to my facebook message and then meet me for drinks and then show me the temple and begin a friendship and so like brother brother david along with uh brother tyler dunlap of the lodge of amity are two incredible incredible brothers and uh if you're in the ohio area you know Zanesville Masonry is is a really really great place to be because they've got amazing brethren like uh, like those two past masters. So just a little shout out for them because you'd never know it because uh, Merkel doesn't like to talk about himself. <laughs> oh, I do. I just don't like what happens afterwards. <laughs> uh, damn it, Merkel. Okay. I can keep singing your praises. I mean, like I'll put on my tap shoes and go for it. I'm trying to look this up and can't remember the last time I shared it. <laughs> well, how about this? Uh, for right now, we'll just say anybody needs to get a hold of him can uh, go through the references that Brother Jason put above. When uh, when you do find that email, shoot it over to me and we will put it in the, uh, the comments and stuff. And uh, brothers can be able to get a hold of you and find out more about Amity Lodge through that means. Um, I do sincerely want to thank both of you brothers for coming on this evening. Uh, the wealth of knowledge and history and personal stories and connections uh, that was shared here tonight is phenomenal. Uh, deeply, deeply sorry for the loss on, on both sides. Uh, I mean, honestly, that that connection with family that you feel, Jason, that's that that's nothing to lay aside. And I I, I get that. 
you know, I've got five generations of Masons before me that I never got to meet, but coming into it, uh, brought that connection with that family. And it, it's, it's an odd one and it's an odd feeling, but it's so valuable. So I get that. And I, I feel for you, but like I said before, so, so thankful that you had the opportunity to, uh, visit in person and, and walk those same footsteps and really have that connection that you're able to get. And even though it's not physically there anymore, I know that will last you a lifetime. So personally, I'm thankful for that. Brother Merkel, uh, so thankful I've gotten to meet you <laughs> and uh, you agreed to come on and have this chat with us. And I know we're going to have so many more chats to come. Uh, what you have done and the efforts and time that you have invested into Amity Lodge, both before, during, and for the years to come uh, is phenomenal. Uh, we can only hope that every brother or every lodge has a brother like you that is willing to put in that effort. Many lodges don't. And you're honestly uh, one of those brothers that we need to look up to and tribute after because what you're doing is phenomenal. And it's going to be what concretes Amity's history uh, going into the future. So seriously, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I do want to, I didn't do this in the beginning, but I want to give everyone the opportunity to uh, join historical lights mission here. Uh, we've been on this since 2016, hoping to keep going strong. We are viewer funded. So if you guys like what you see here and want to help us keep going, uh, you can definitely do so and join the historical light team uh, by going to our website, historicallight.com slash support, working on some new lapel pins, but uh, join those levels and you'll be able to get that and other uh, opportunities. Well, Thank you guys so much for joining in live time after time and having our nine o'clock toast with us and sharing in these emotional chats that we uh, have here. But that's what historicals, historical light is all about, having these memories and these bits of history that are not so much mainstream that you don't really find anywhere else. And that's some of the history I enjoy the most. So thank you guys so much for coming on and sharing those tales with me. And uh, we will see you all on the next episode. Until then, be safe and stay light. See you, brothers.